you also need to set the stage for an asynchronous meeting. So you, and we're kind of getting in the weeds on this, but you need to say, you need to encourage feedback on it. Yeah, we That's should have an episode on asynchronous Let's yeah. meetings. Yeah, because based on how I feel about them, it, they don't sound good to me. Asynchronous? I do not want to see Jason Zanger's face telling me <laughs> what to do. Some nice feelings are not your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Nick Goldner, and I'm leading this little meeting here with my two friends and co-hosts, Jason Zenger and Jim Carr. Oh, how nice. Yeah, Thank you, Nick. We're recording this is going to be a nice meeting. Yeah, it's going to be a good I'm going to learn a lot. Do you yes. like meetings? I do. I like effective meetings. Yeah, there you go. Okay. This we don't do a lot of meetings at Zenger's. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to talk about how to have better meetings, but we're doing more and they're getting very effective. Good. Yes. Good. I've got some stuff from a great book called Death by Meeting. We're going to dive in in a little bit, but I want to hear about you guys and how your holiday experience was. Yeah. Here we are in 2022 spot. already, right? You guys ready to be on the spot? Yeah, go ahead. What Hit was your up. best memory of the holiday time off? Well, quite frankly, we had five days off for New Year's and it was a little too much time off for me. I had to go in. Stir crazy. I was going stir crazy, I've got to admit. And everyone's saying, Jim, you'll never be able to retire because you've too much time off. I literally did not know what to do. I cannot sit on the couch and watch reruns or mom or... No, the news I can watch all the time. (laughs) But... Ugh. anything else I, I just can't do so it so what was I, your best memory because you work we work for a reason spend time with family you know have these great memories give me a good one my Christmas was great it was just my immediate family came over my son and his girlfriend my daughter and her boyfriend and my other son and they all bring their dogs and no it was really nice it was a small group COVID is still the way it is you know so you didn't do a big thing yeah. did not and you know what we're tired gone are the days when we have 30 my favorite for little gathering for, is with the with just the immediate yeah. family too. But so it's done. It's done. Nice, Jason. Well, best memory. I think I mentioned this before, but we were in Mexico for Christmas, and it was just nice. I mean, I just I got to sit on the beach, watch my kids playing in the waves, getting knocked over by waves, digging in the sand, going to the pool. What I did not like was that we had to go out to dinner every night. And as you know, with the kids going out to dinner with the kids is no bueno. No, No. um, yeah, it's, it's just not fun at all. (laughs) One of my kids just like refused to eat. I mean, it was just, you know, ordeal. So, so that was fun. And then, but the beach, the beach, the the beach was amazing. Yeah. We had such a good time. And then New Year's Eve was great. We bought a strobe light and we had a dance party at our house for New Year's Eve. So that was really fun. You know, you know where my best memory was? What's, What's that? that? On my roof. Oh, your roof. Santa Claus thing? Every year. What? Yeah, nice. On New Year's Eve, I, I bring a beer. On New Year's I Eve? I get on a ladder. Or not New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. I grab a beer. I get on a ladder. I climb up on my roof. I have like sleigh bells. Did you say you get a beer or I a get beer? a beer. B-E-E-R. I, I, a beer. And Why it's a beer? Like, what does the beer do? Because I sit up there and I drink it. But oh. before I do that, it's right when my wife you is smoke putting a the joint? kids. To, no, no, I don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> Just a beer. I um, had to say that. <laughs> it's legal now. Yeah, I know. It's still illegal on the roof, I believe. But I get up there and it's right when my wife is putting the kids to sleep. And so like I can kind of like hang the sleigh bells over and be like, oh, ho, ho. 
and like make it seem like Santa's on the roof and I make oh, all sorts of noise. Okay, so you don't get dressed in the garb. No, I don't do all that. But oh, she but just, you. She just okay, so it. what? The bells. I just so the kids are hearing this and they're thinking that he's up there. And I'm obnoxious. Like I, I get really loud because I want to make sure the kids can hear it. And I probably dude, wake up the you're gonna stuff. fall off the roof and break <laughs> your neck. But then after I do that, I sit there and I kind of lean back. And it was like 45 degrees, which is way warm. Oh, right. Christmas, Christmas Eve was super, super warm. Like we're used to super cold around here. Yeah, no, it was almost 60 on Christmas Eve. Yeah, wasn't it, it was wild. Yeah, and so then I just kind of drink a beer and think about Christmas and the year and all the things I'm thankful for and. That's awesome. There I really enjoy that. That's nice. It's kind of a little tradition. And what do your kids do? They wake up the next day. Like, did you? No, no, no. While you're doing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. They, they're like, mom, mom. You know. Yeah. And she, she like puts the oh, audio. She's not in the room at the time. She's putting them to bed. Okay. And Got then it. like we set it up so yeah. that it happens like nice. right before they fall asleep. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. It's a, you know it warms the heart. I can just a little like the go. Hallmark Channel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my wife would freak <laughs> out if I got until you fell off the roof. Yes. Yeah. Do you know how many people fall off the roof? It's really a very common. Yeah. Then it becomes accident. a nightmare channel. No, then yes. you become like the next Santa Claus, right? That movie with, you know, the Santa Claus where oh, Santa falls off the roof and Tim dies. Allen? And then the with guy Tim who, Allen? Yeah, yeah, Tim yeah. Allen. Then he finds him and he has to become Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah see, I cannot rewatch those movies either. <laughs> I just can't do it. I have to watch them 10 times in a row because that's what my kids are into. But yeah. I want to hear about what you guys are into. We do this now. Sometimes we do a positive kickoff, talk about our businesses. Sometimes we yeah, talk about what, sometimes you, what Jason's reading, what Jim's listening to, yeah. what, what sports I watch on TV. So, What are sports? Are, what uh, sports are you watching on TV well, right now? Over the break, there was a lot of great sports. and Yes, I've heard of them. I watch the news, so I hear of them. But I... I can't sit in front of the TV that long. Yeah, I I can unfortunately. I, oh, a lot That's of people usually because I have a little wager on it, you know. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. There's there's a motive. And I had the semifinals pegged pretty well for the college football playoff. Yes, big deal. So I had Georgia smashing Michigan and Alabama winning their game against uh, Cincinnati, and so that all worked out as I uh, had wagered. So that was cool. I don't do anything crazy, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's okay. It's a little bit of gambling. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, do you listen to Christmas carols on Christmas? Is that your thing? Yes. What have I been listening to for the last month has been Christmas music. So, you like it? I do. Yeah. I've been playing it at my office and at home since the December 4th-ish. And boom, the 26th, done. No more Christmas music at all. Hard stop. Period. Hard stop. I'm not <laughs> playing anymore. It's over. It's done. Time to move on. The Christmas tree is down at our house. All the Christmas decorations are down the day after. I went to the shop, took everything down. Boom, done. We're, Christmas is over. Oh, see, my kids are up to Christmas. They're singing Christmas songs before they go to bed or we're I singing with yeah. them. And no, it's they nice. They continue singing afterwards. I'm a Christmas it. guy. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. So, Jason, so you read a lot. Yes. We always ask you, what are you reading? So what were yeah, you reading so over the How to become a Santa Claus. I'm not, <laughs> I haven't started reading this book, but I just downloaded it It's because it, it sounds interesting because I listened to an interview with the author on a podcast. And it's a book that's called Smart Not Spoiled. And it's a mm. book that has to do with teaching your kids about money and the value of money and just how to go about leading your kids in a healthy direction and thinking about money. Man, we need that right now in the yeah, world. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. It seems like a good book. We got a lot of spoiled like, and not a lot of smart. Yeah, exactly. World, so. I think it was only like 99 cents or something like that. Oh, cool. Too. So yeah, yeah, yeah check it, it seems like a good book. Awesome. I'm going to talk a lot about a book today because it's kind of the basis for my episode. But before that, yeah, we'll the some... author wrote a book, Patrick Lencioni, wrote yeah. the book that you're going to talk about. And he wrote another book called The Advantage, which really rocked my I world. haven't read The Advantage. It's, oh, it's awesome. I'll check it out for yeah. sure. Before that, we always do some manufacturing news. And uh, yeah, I didn't I'm know looking at it on the agenda here. The, the supply, supply chain. chain. Here yeah, we go. Exactly. Are, they, are we ever going to correct it? Well, 
honestly, the supply chain is a huge constraint to growth for my business right now. So we're always thinking of what's going on right. in the supply chain. And yeah. I went to the supplychainmanagementreview.com, found a great article about how supply chain managers are going to confront escalating transport rates in 2022. So I'm going to do a quick kind of overview of, of what they were saying. There's different markets here. There's ocean, trucking, rail, and intermodal, air. And I'll just kind of get... Yeah, keep it brief. Yeah. What is brief. intermodal when you're going from one point to another point within the... No, it's like country? a like half train, half truck, half... Oh, uh, It's like okay. when they mix it up. Yeah. Whatever, you could get but. a machine tool railed in from Long Beach. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. No. They're probably different prices, right? Totally. Totally. I think they're a little slower. Well, so that too. would be intermodal, probably, because ship yeah. to Long Beach, train to you. Well, Jim doesn't have, you know, railroad tracks in front of a shop. So. Yeah. No, right. right. There has to be some kind of truck. But no. And I don't know exactly. Like, it seems like almost everything is a little bit intermodal. But I, So I don't know what makes it yeah. that. But. but if you think from... Long Beach, California to Chicago, Illinois, you could certainly do a hybrid. You could fly it if you want to. Sure. If you want to pay, Absol- which yeah. you know we're what? doing sometimes. You absolutely could. Yeah. We're paying. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Right oh, so, I can't. so I'll drive. Yeah, go ahead. I'll dive right in. So the kind of like subtitle is crafting an annual rate forecast has never been easier. Soaring inflation, tightening cargo capacity, and shrinking labor market only add up to one thing for today's global logistics managers the triple win. So this is not good news. Right. Oh, um, so tell, what are they saying? So yeah, I'm not going to go into detail about who each of these experts are. You can check out the article on supplychainmanagementreview.com. But what's they, the gist of it? Are they saying yeah, so that for, prices for, are going to rise, deliveries are going to be long, well, it's, it's, gonna, it's, it's still going to be a mess? In the market. So, well, it's kind of like the stock market. It's like everybody thinks, oh, well, the stock market's going up. It's going to keep going up. It's like, is this going to keep going up? Or is there going to be at some point where we've got enough supply in the marketplace that prices are going to crash. Yeah, all of logistics is a mix of ocean, trucking, rail, air. So they kind of interviewed an expert from each market in the article. The ocean person said, basically, plan for another year of container supply chain shortages and very elevated ocean rates. And what is driving that? That's what I don't understand. We talked about this before. I know. It's the containers. I know, but is it because... Well, the containers are a big factor. And I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. And this, but and is, it, is it due to reshoring? Is it due to... I mean... It's demand. It's because during COVID, we shut off demand for a long time during COVID, and then we just ramped up quickly, and that causes clogs in the supply so chain. So we don't have I think it's containers. a little bit of an excuse. I think it's a little bit of a crutch that people are crying on, too. I think we just don't have enough containers. I, I think that's, that's a part I, of it. There's a lot of... Factor, you know. Yeah, so if I mean, you've got the, if you've got the triple whammy overall, you've probably got triple whammies under each one of these subsets too. I mean, here I'll I'll go to trucking. Go to just go to trucking. Basically, let's take this guy's word for it. Plan on another year of container supply chain. Well, Jim services. probably knows more about transportation than this guy does. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I do, but I can reason. I've been to many oceans. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've, seen I've a lot flown of over many oceans. What was cool yes. about the trucking expert was he actually talked about some things that we can do, like all of us can do this. And so he said, drilling right down to how a pallet is loaded is key. I tell our clients to stop building pyramids and leaving air spaces between cartons loaded on a pallet, for example, and then concentrate on loading cargo in a cube configuration that utilizes the full width, depth, and height of a pallet. Like basically, for stackable, yeah. Use all the space. Fill up all the space on a pallet. A truck is a big rectangle, so use... it's like the same thing you would do in a warehouse. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. You don't want to spread things out too much. I mean, we use modular cabinets to store all of our cutting tools because it densely 
stores all of those tools. So we've got 15 modular cabinets and we keep a lot of cutting tools in right. each one of those. One of the things, like, so we supply a lot of chip conveyors to Haas. And one of the things a, a while back, they were obviously pressuring us for you know cost reductions, of course, that's what they do. And, and we have to do our best to do that. So we created a conveyor where it folds. Because a conveyor, a chip conveyor is a weird shape. Yes. Right. You know, so how they do you are, get a ton they're, on a they're truck? They're ugly. We were able to get five times more on a truck by making them fold. Uh, and so that's yeah. just an example no, of like what this big, guy's talking about. Is that a big thing for your oh, business? Oh, yeah. Freight's a huge thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, the trucking guy says it's important. So, so make it cubes. Yeah. Let's talk about air real quick. Yeah. The, the, I think because we're going to, I think that's going to be a new direction. Yeah. So, well, the air expert says the cargo market remains very demanding, constantly changing due to the regulatory COVID-19 landscape, outbreaks of new variants, and escalating vaccine distribution needs. So what does that mean? Higher rates across the board and matching capacity to need is going to be a key concern for shippers in 2022, almost regardless of price. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like they say, they say regardless (laughs) of price. So like you think about something like the vaccines. Those vaccines, they don't just appear at your doorstep. They need to be shipped. And these companies were willing to ship those vaccines. And it doesn't matter what the price is. Well, thank God they're small. And they're going to get priorities. Yeah, but you're talking about millions of them, Jim. Yeah, but still. It's not like shipping a chip 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 conveyor. Yeah, but you got to talk about this. But not as many people need chip conveyors. Not every (laughs) person, yeah, is buying a chip conveyor. But, you know. If you're talking about like even 50% of the United States, well, that's a whole lot of space well, then that needs to be it needs bought. to be refrigerated. So now we're talking about refrigerated, you know. Exactly. Containers. So I'm going to jump into the Jim's now a vaccine. Here. I think Are you should. guys ready? Have you had enough supply chain stress? Well, yes, I have, quite <laughs> frankly. But I think that's a really good topic, Nick, because it's really affecting all of us in uh-huh. some capacity. So, yeah, cool. Jump in. Jump in. Let's talk about meetings. So... I have a New Year's resolution. I don't do a lot of those, but I have one. Resolutions are bad. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Mine is to lead better meetings. So I thought you were going to say lose five pounds. Well, no, I need to do that too. I probably need to lose like 20 pounds, to be honest with you. I'm working on it, okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honestly, guys, everyone complains about meetings. No one's ever like, oh, I have so many meetings today. I love it. The general narrative in the industry is like, ugh, another meeting, another Zoom meeting, another Mm -hmm. this meeting, another that meeting. And like, I'm part of that. I complain about being in meetings all the time too. But when you think about it, they are without a doubt, one of the most important things we do as meetings. They're very effective. You know why? It's communication. Yes. You you have to communicate properly. And that's the forum for it. So if I were to ask you guys, what percentage of your work week is meetings? Just give me a ballpark, like what you think. Just idea. Well, it depends on what... Well, meeting with a customer, a meeting with your team, and just being in a meeting. 30%. (laughs) That's actually like the average rate. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even look at your agenda. I just like... Yeah. I'm, I'm probably about 10%. Yeah. I'm some weeks over 50%. Yeah. I got a lot of different regional meetings and different product group meetings and it can really suck. Yeah. I've really cut mine back over the years. And so like I think about, gosh, man, I don't want to hate my meetings because so much of my life is in meetings. So how do I have better meetings? But before I get into like the tips and, and tactics from the book... When you have a bad meeting, like we've all been in them, what are the things you hated about the meeting? I'll tell you. It's a waste so, of time. No. Here's <laughs> that's I, how I felt, Jim. You're saying that no, <laughs> I didn't. You're not allowed to feel no, that way. That's not, that's not what I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, go ahead. I'll go after you. <laughs> I think you can tell if you're presenting a poor meeting is if you can look around the table and people are like zoned out. Bored. Falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So that's the time to change it up. Sure. 
And I lead a 90-minute production meeting every week with my entire team. And I try to really mix it up every week and create something that's going to bring everybody at the table in to the meeting. Yeah. So I delegate little sub-meetings where they lead the meeting. So like it's a not, segment of the meeting. It's just not person. Jim speaking to everybody. Totally love that. I delegate, like John will talk about sales and marketing sure. for five or you 10 minutes. You pass the mic to him. Yes, exactly. Well, what Nick asks is, what do you hate about your meetings? So when you've had bad meetings in the past, I think you kind of answered it. If I see people, people falling are disengaged, asleep. yes, and bored, right? Jason, you, I would say when people are not, this has to do with disengagement. Well, when people aren't getting something out of the meeting, when they don't leave the meeting saying, "Okay, I learned something, I understand what I need to do now, I feel better about what we discussed in that meeting." I think that that's something that I don't like about the meeting. There's no actionable kind of yeah. resolution. So, to the meeting. for example, we do a meeting, which I think some people might say, "Well, that's superfluous. I don't think that you need to do that." But we were doing a meeting every week. We call it our team health meeting. Mm-hmm. And we would basically, everybody would get together. And a lot of it was centered on just sharing our wins personally, most of the time, but also professionally. And then we talked about kind of like the L10 format. We talked about issues and headlines and just general communication with everybody. But it was also a good time for us just to kind of interact with each other socially because we spent a lot of our time just getting things done. But we also needed that time to really focus on each other, focus on the health of our relationship. And it was a really good use of time, even though a lot of times we weren't even like, there wasn't like an objective. There wasn't like a lot of stuff that we got out of it, but it kind of amped up the culture. Well, we got together and everybody was like, well, we probably can do this every other week. And it was like, okay, boom, done. Cool. We're doing it every other week. Gotcha. And we cut back that that meeting in half. Sure. We just made change right then. Yes, that kind of dovetails into some of the things that I dislike about bad meetings. One, when they're irrelevant to what I need to be focusing on. So obviously you should focus on team culture, but maybe your team said, hey, not quite so often. Not every week. It's just like we shouldn't do it every day. Sure. Yeah. You know, so you need to find like that rhythm. Or like we'll have meetings where the whole executive staff comes together and we're, we're actually making changes to solve for this, but it's like a very long meeting the mic is passed to me to talk about sales and marketing for 10 minutes. And then I'm learning about like cycle counts and inventory and things that like, and you're not really interested. Not really. I mean, I know what matters. I mean, but you, I, I believe to have a healthy company in an executive management role, you need to know what all the other departments yeah, let are. Let me clarify. Doing. I think to an extent. Yeah. I think to an right. extent. Well, we don't have to go down so a rabbit hole. I, we don't have- it matters a ton to me. I'm like one of the, you know, the owner family people. So, of course, everything matters to me, even outside of my role. But do I need to meet every single month and hear about the nuanced details of some other function that I well, don't... Well, you don't want to know why Bob is doing a better job at cycle counting than Bill is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like It's like, like well, Bill's doing it this way and it's not quite as effective. Yeah, like, so maybe, like, maybe you don't like, care about that. Just give me the yeah. high level essentials. Yeah. Like, did we You want to know that our inventory is correct and the reason why that's important. Exactly. Hey, Jason, does money grow on trees? Money doesn't grow on trees, but jobs grow on trees. Those juicy jobs on the Zometry job board. So what is the Zometry job board? Well, Jim, you hate quoting, don't you? I keep telling you got to delegate that. I do. But Zometry has an alternate to that. So if I'm not feeling right about quoting, I can go to the Zometry job board. All the prices are right there. So it's pre-quoted? I can pick and choose whatever I want. It's pre-quoted for me. It's giving me target pricing to what I can do on my shop. All I have to do is say yes or no. Can I make those parts 
for that cost. And that's the it's juicy simple. job. That's the juicy that's job. That's how you get the juicy job off the job tree. Yeah, there's nothing fancy about it. And the thing is, too, if I take that job, I can get paid in 30 days. So go to zometry.com slash making chips and check it out. Bam. So number two thing I don't like, when they're unfocused and they rabbit trail all over the place. Like you're trying to have a meeting and then like someone says something funny and you talk about it for 10 minutes. Oh, no, no. You got to redirect. Or you you don't have a a strong leader that's leading through that meeting. You have to have that person that can take control. And a lot of times when that happens is when you have a bunch of peers that are getting together and there's no like direct, okay, this person is leading the meeting and they're the ones that are in control of the time. And, you know, you've got a bunch of people that are all on the same page. And it's like everybody wants to fight for control of the microphone. Right on. Here's the third one for me. And then I'll get into like how to have better meetings, of course. But when they're disconnected from trustworthy data or real performance metrics, and you're just meeting to talk about things and you're not actually looking at the feelings. metrics that... You're talking matter. about your feelings. Yeah, like I feel like we're doing bad at this. Well, how bad? Well, we don't have the report. Okay, let's have a meeting when we have the report so we know where we're at. You know? I mean, I'm not saying it's not a, that every single meeting has to be totally focused on data, but better data makes for a better meeting, for right. sure. The numbers don't lie. Exactly. And sometimes they do because you can't trust the report. And then it's like, well, wait till we get the accurate report or we're going to make bad decisions based off of data we can't trust. 100%. So number four, when the leader, usually me, is the only one talking and bringing up issues to discuss or posing potential solutions to them. I have meetings that are really good. I have other meetings where it's like, come on, let's go. You know, we have issues here. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to just kind of like present to the meeting. I want to have it conversational meeting with a lot of interaction. And then the ultimate is just when they're boring. Right. Bored. I don't like being bored. You know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you're just not in the mood for a meeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get that. And I take it a little personally when I see people that are disengaged in my meetings because I work on my agendas pretty good. I try to make them engaging. I try to make them interesting, personal, all of those emotions. Mm-hmm. I have another one to add to this. When people are having side conversations during a meeting. Yeah, yeah. I stop and let yeah. them finish. Yeah, like a I, teacher, I do like, that too. Yeah, Let me know when you're done. Or you ask them, yeah, if <laughs> or they want to share. Or I just jump in and redirect. And I'm like, yeah. okay, guys, let's go. Yeah. yeah. And, no, I, and like I know it. what of my employees always go down a rabbit hole. Right. No, I get that. So how can we run better meetings? How can we run better meetings, Turns Mr. Bowman? this guy. You can read a book Patrick about better Lentz. meetings. Oh, God, please don't he wrote me. a book, Death by Meetings. It's a really good book. It's a book my dad had us all read, anyone who leads meetings a, a while ago. I think the biggest thing he got out of it was to create conflict in meetings. I'll get to that. But three points from the book. Three points really quick. Again, this is not a book review. These are just some takeaways right. for the manufacturing leader. Yeah. So... You mentioned, Jim, when you were saying you lead meetings, you try to draw people in and make the meeting matter. He would call that the hook. Well, okay. So, so first tip is to set the table for the meeting, yep. raise the stakes with yep. the hook when you introduce the meetings. Yep. So, yeah, you want to get people excited to have the meeting from the very beginning. Exactly. So he gives an example of like cutting back on travel expenses, right? So instead of saying today's meeting is to discuss solutions for bringing the travel budget back because we're 12% over budget, oh, you God. could say like, Hey, guys, when we're 12% over budget, it affects our profit this much. The profit is how we come up with our bonus pool. And I want to make more money. Our competitors are probably hoping that we have lack of frugality in our travel expenses. And you, you make it relevant to them. Make it matter. Think about the people who rely on your sales team to not only bring in new opportunities, but manage their costs. And do you really need to fly first class on well, this, all your sales this, trips? Yes. Or? 
This comes into... <laughs> of course, Jim does. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. This please. comes into what everybody thinks when they go into a meeting, which is, what's in it for me? So right. why is this important to me? So one of the things when I had our meeting, I introduced our core values. I didn't focus on like that meeting from the perspective of, okay, this is why the core values are important to Jason. I focused on why this is important to you right on, as an yeah. individual. Yeah. And I think that that's what got people engaged. That's what made the value stick. And the same thing goes with any kind of meeting that you're doing is what's in it for me? Why do I need to pay attention? And you need to hook them, like you said, with that from the very beginning. So that's the hook. So start your meeting with a hook. And that's like with everything. Yeah. Everything is what's in it for me. Right on. Totally. So number two, tip number two, create conflict in a healthy way. I think all three of us are on different parts of the conflict spectrum. There's Jim, I, I would say you're pretty conflict averse. You don't like to have a ton of conflict. Do not. Try to avoid it. Always. Jason's probably like a guy who embraces a lot of conflict, creates it more creates often than it. not. No offense to that. But yeah, you create conflict. And then I'm sometimes you need some probably help. closer to Jason than Jim, honestly. You need to, you're probably closer yeah, to Jason are. than yeah. me. You need yeah, to, it, for sure. Sometimes conflict is healthy in order to achieve a vision that you set out. Yes. Right on. So then that's that's really his point. So or you just say F you, I'm out, get out of here. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, and you're not gonna make progress. Or you could, doing that. Well, and this is like, yeah, like I mean, there's a lot of people in marriage therapy because you know the husband doesn't wanna, you know change. Change. He doesn't want to give up the girlfriend. Or yeah, they don't want to talk. Wanna, well, or, I don't or they don't even want to have the conflict. Like they're just yeah, exactly. numb to the conflict avoidance. Like, hey, exactly. why would you live separate yeah. lives? But this is not a marriage podcast. This is a manufacturing leadership podcast. So he says, don't just create conflict. You encourage don't want to talk about marriage? It. I don't. I do not want I, to talk I about marriage. Actually, right I've been now. married 33 years. I could write a book. Can we talk about meetings? Yes, sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go back. So don't just create conflict. Encourage it and set the expectation for the conflict. Meaning, okay, so... I know that people in this meeting are on two different sides of an issue and I want to hear them make a case for the side that they believe in. So you're almost like going into this, like, I'm going to have a presidential debate. We've got the Republicans over here and the Democrats over here yeah. or the conservatives and, and the liberals. Yeah. into your team yeah. because of it. You'll say, yeah. hey, like, I actually understand this person was able to defend their position. I believe in it now or right. I don't believe in it, but at least they did the work to create a big case and they didn't just fly off the handle. So I think when you have a group of diverse and intelligent people, you're not going to have a homogenous perspective, right? And not everyone's going to think the same way. And when you get the diverse perspectives, it leads to the best possible solution. So you have to know your audience too. Exactly. And that's what he talks about too. Like you have to pull it out. Some people are more reserved. Oh. They have a lot to say, but if the chatty Cathy in the room is going to dominate the conversation, we're talking manufacturing it. people right, here, right? right? Yes. So this is a whole nother discussion in and of itself. But one of the things that I've been able to do here at Zengers is make it safe for the team to bring up opposing views to like what mine are or what other people's right are on, yeah. and being able to be safe with saying things that maybe aren't, wouldn't be widely accepted in like a normal company. And I think that all those things, and we do it during meetings too, and I think all those things are healthy in any kind of relationship. You know what I mean? Right like on. it could be uh, just as an example we had one of our really good sales guys and he was spending a lot of time in the office. And one of our, our customer service leader was like, Armando needs to get out because he's really good at sales. Customers want to see him and he's causing conflict around here. So he needs to focus on what he does well, which is get out and manage accounts and help our clients achieve success. 
But being in the office is not what he do, does well. But we've created a safe enough environment for those conversations to happen without people getting offended. Yeah. And that example, they talked about what Armando does really well. Right. Know, so, And sometimes I have to draw those things out. Like I need to, like they know it, but they don't necessarily say it. So I need to figure out, okay, I think what you're trying to say is that Armando's really good at this and he shouldn't be doing that. Because like the people, expectation for healthy, engaging debate. People aren't always trained to do that. Right on. Exactly. And when we focus on like pulling healthy conflict out of the members of the meeting, you utilize all the talent on your team, not just the loud people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, all right. The third tip, don't mix everything together. Yeah. He uses the example of like a stew with just way too many ingredients and now it tastes like crap. So have the right structure for the right type of meeting. And what happens if you mix everything together is either it's too strategic and high level to be helpful for today and like what we actually need to accomplish right now. Or it's just too focused on today and you never make any big picture strategic decisions. What is uh, the name of this book? Death by Meeting. Is it a pretty easy read? Yeah, it's, it's short. I actually read it a long time ago. I don't even remember when, but it was nice to kind of like reread the summary of the book and pull these ideas out of it. I think I would gain some knowledge if I read it. There's another book that I would also highly recommend in the same space. I've read Death by Meeting a long time ago, but there's another book called No Fail Meetings by Michael Hyatt. He's actually, I like Michael Hyatt. Yeah, he's like a coach for me. I'm part of his coaching program. And uh, that book is really good too. It's sure. a little more modern too. So Yeah. You actually it's use actually a lot a really... of concepts from Death by Meeting because it's in EOS. Yeah. He references Death by Meeting in the EOS book. So. Jim, no fail meetings is really easy. The font is big. Good. The book Thank is you. small. No, like, that's not a lot of pages. Textures, easy read. Like a baby there's book. Pictures, there's textures. Like you can touch. With that one you like it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So he recommends four different types of meetings to kind of solve for that problem. So you have like your daily check-in or a daily stand-up. This is something that I really believe in. The purpose of it is a daily activity, clarity, alignment, standing up, five What am I doing meetings. today? Yeah, exactly. One of the concepts I've used in a daily stand-up is like, what do I need to accomplish today? What did I accomplish yesterday and what could get in the way or what either got in the way yesterday, what could get in the way of me finishing what I need to accomplish today? present, future. Yeah. Just quick. Boom. So very administrative, not a high level strategic meeting. The next on the spectrum of, you know, from tactical to strategic is called the weekly tactical. So he recommends a 45 to 90 minute meeting, resolve tactical issues, align team priorities, something called the lightning round, which is where like everyone just kind of lays out their issues like, hey, I want to discuss this. Here's my priority. Progress review. You know, here's where we were at towards this goal per Jason's episode, right? And a real-time agenda. So he actually suggests for the weekly meeting, don't set the full agenda in advance. Use that lightning round to kind of like establish more of an ad hoc agenda for the meeting to make sure that you're addressing the things that are actually on the mind of each of the people. And this is, again, more tactical. Like, what are we going to do to close this account? What are we going to do to ship this on time? What are we going to do to hit that tolerance? Whatever it may be. The, the next is the monthly or ad hoc strategic meeting. So he says, or he suggests once a month for sure, have a strategic meeting. And then when you have a particular issue, like a big initiative or a big issue that requires a meeting, you should do these ad hoc. The purpose and focus for this meeting is deep dive into a critical issue for long-term success. He recommends up to a 10-minute hook to start this meeting. Right away, establish the why behind it, why it's so important, mining for conflict, coming up resolutions for the critical issue. These meetings should have one to two topics that are given enough time to resolve. There should be preparation and research in advance. 
there should be an embracing of constructive conflict in that meeting. And the last meeting type that he recommends is a quarterly offsite review. I think this is a little long, but he suggests that they're one to two days long. Ooh. Yeah, for that's a company a my me. size, that's too, too I think much. all of these points can kind of be massaged a little yeah, bit like for guidelines. your company. Yeah, exactly. So, but in quarterly, the, he's saying offsite one to two days. Yeah. Right. Okay. Or, you know, massage it for what fits your company. So exactly. For me, like a day. When we do our quarterly offsites, we actually do these. It's usually like a three, four hour meeting once a quarter. Hmm. Okay. The purpose in the format that he recommends is to step back, holistically review your strategic direction. Mm-hmm. You can review your strategy, who's on your team, key personnel, trends, the environment, like we just talked about the supply chain. How are we going to handle a major issue like that? So again, like these are things that we all kind of do in one way or another because EOS uses a lot of uh, what's in-depth by meeting. They sure do. So why get away from the office so you can focus on the big picture, but don't well, you don't want like dis- you don't want party. distractions. You know, limit your social activities. Focus on the work. Don't go to Top Golf and do this meeting. No, God, no. You know what I mean? No. There's another reason why to do it offsite is when you're in a different location, it has a tendency to breed creativity. Sure. In your head. And so when you're just stuck in your normal office, you don't have your creative juices flowing. But when you're at this hotel or at the beach or whatever else, you know, you get that creativity going and you all of a sudden can solve a problem that you sure. didn't couldn't otherwise. That makes do. sense. So that ends the four types of meetings. Um, but in my company, we're actually reviving something that I remember doing when I was really young, before I was even part of the business. And that is a offsite, out of country, kind of like vacation. Oh, you meeting. know what? My wife calls that the boondoggle. She actually <laughs> asked if we were going to do an episode on the boondoggle. Is that what you guys is are that, doing? What is that? That's the bo- what you, you call what a boondoggle is? No. I think I've heard is you. That sounds like something you so, put in your computer. Um, so since we're into uh, definitions, I'm going to define the boondoggle. So it is a work or activity that is wasteful or pointless, but gives the appearance of having value. So it'd be like <laughs> going, it. it'd be like going golfing and, you know, no, 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 dr- no. drinking and, you know. So I have to be uh, careful that this does not become a boondoggle. But every regional sales manager, all my heads of product, my head of R&D, the executive staff is going to Cozumel. Sure. Oh, oh, you and told we're me this. For yes. a week. And we're having three days in the middle of the trip where we have three three-hour meetings. Yeah, because so like my wife used to work for three three-hour meetings a day. Well, because that's no, what, yeah, three days. Week. So nine hours of meeting, three three-hour meetings. So yeah, a they're lot doing of it, it is fun. They're doing it according to the IRS regulations, right? Is that what it is? Yes, yeah. it's according <laughs> yes. to the IRS regulations. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my wife used to do the boondoggles because she worked for a financial firm, and sure. you know they used to do the golfing and the trips and you of know course. all that kind of stuff, and they you know it's a blow a lot of that kind of money. Yeah. But I mean, this reminds me of what you were talking about, like the team health thing. Yeah. My hope for this is that we have extremely productive, well-prepared for meetings in those three days and that the rest of the trip, you know, people are talking about topics that were discussed and they're hanging out and they're building culture with each other. And you can write it off because the IRS is fine. You sure can. So there's that. So I'm really looking forward to that in the last week of February, first week of March. But I want to be effective. I want all my meetings. Are you going to be leading that? Uh, a lot of it, I will. Yeah, okay. but uh, like you said, I'm passing the mic to different people. Yeah, so every regional to. sales director is going to present to. their plan. Who's the host. What do you mean? Like somebody should be the host, the like the MC, the MC. I'm the, MC. You know, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm the MC for sure. So, well, it's a sales and marketing meeting, right? That's right. Yeah, so you're the guy, the dude. So it, I don't know. Hopefully, that was impactful for you. I truly believe leading effective meetings is one of the most important skills that right. we can have. In well, our I arsenal. think a lot of people don't like them. I like them because it's a way for me to convey to my team 
what's timely and relevant in the company right now. And I believe it helps the corporate culture too by letting them know a little bit about how I'm feeling and likewise, they can tell me how they're feeling. We're a get-it-done kind of company. I mean, it kind of goes to our core values, but we're not necessarily about like the feelings and stuff like that, like Jim is, but most about like, you know, how do we solve problems? How do we get things done? How do we take care of our clients? I have to create a meeting that's engaging. I know. I'm 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 just giving you a little crap. I'll tell you the truth. I even end with a good news segment that I put on the video screen. So when they leave the meeting, they have a feel good emotion when they leave. Jim yep. makes them memorize a TikTok dance and post it <laughs> mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah, like, exactly. No TikTok dances. <laughs> yep. So I could probably use, as far as like improving my meetings, I, I could probably use to make mine a little bit more exciting. So I think that's yeah. one of the things that I'm going to focus on. The hook. Maybe right. the hook I, in the closing. The hook, the hook in the closing, sure. yeah, I think would be beneficial. But sometimes we close our meetings by saying, okay, let's go down the street and All go right, get bye. margaritas. Yeah. 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 So. Well, that's a, that's always a nice way to close. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, audience. Yes. Thank, Thank you, for you for being a part of this, this meeting. meeting. I have yeah. one of the things that I, thing that I want to throw at you that's kind of related to this. So one of your points that you talked about was what you don't like is when the leader is the only one talking and bringing up issues to discuss. Sure, okay. Yeah. So there's another type of meeting which we can have a discussion with at, a, at another point. And I've started using this and I think I've mentioned it before on, on other episodes, but there's the whole notion of the asynchronous meeting. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, where you, but it's kind of like you record what you think. It so a synchronous meeting is what like we're text doing. messaging, but a meeting exactly. So a synchronous meeting, like you know, we're having a conversation right now. Asynchronous would be you're doing a video, a screen share, maybe recording yourself. You're sending it to that person. That person reviews what you recorded, and then they send you a response back, or they take the information in and they move on. The analogy of a text message versus a phone call would be a good analogy. Sure. Hmm. And you have to say walkie-talkie jargon. So like, if you try Roger it, that over and if out, you, what Rick, I, what, what are I would, people that technologically advanced, the majority of people, I don't believe they are. Oh, you can't like record a video on your phone, upload it to YouTube and send somebody a link? It takes too oh, long. It's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. So what I would suggest is like if you're going to have a meeting where you don't require any input from somebody else, where you literally are the only person talking, and if you could cut that meeting back from what otherwise could be like 30 minutes to like five minutes, try an asynchronous meeting. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. Well, like, like when we're I, training people I, on our software systems, our new CRM mm-hmm. and everything. My admin will like record, hey, here's how to do this and just send right, it to Right, right. I've seen that you before. You also need to set the stage for an asynchronous meeting. So you, and we're kind of getting in the weeds on this, but you need to say, you need to encourage feedback on it. Yeah, we should have an episode on asynchronous Let's yeah. meetings. Yeah, because based on how I feel about them, it, they don't sound good to me. Asynchronous? Sometimes feelings. I are- do not want to see Jason Zanger's face telling me <laughs> what to do. Sometimes feelings are not your friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might not be me telling you what to do. It could just be me sharing some information. He that, could just be telling you all the yeah. reasons you're doing it wrong. Yeah. But there is a reason why you're setting up that asynchronous meeting, right? There's an objective to setting it up, right? You're sharing information. Well, the reason to do it is for timeliness. So right. Again, instead of bringing a bunch of people together into a meeting and having a lot of time wasted with getting to the meeting, chit-chatting with each other, You're just recording a video, you're sending a link out, and you're done. I did this a lot during COVID when I needed to communicate with the team with what I felt was going on when everybody was in disparate offices at their homes and stuff like that. And it really wasn't wise for people to be getting together. And I don't think you're suggesting like only asynchronous meetings. Of course not. No, it's a great thing. It holds a purpose. For the right, basically, that's a whole point of this book. Use the right type of meeting for the right context. Exactly. Honestly, guys, 
what we do with our audience is very asynchronous. We record. Yep. They listen. They give feedback. They're not here with us, no. but they're part of the conversation. Absolutely. So yep. All we ask from our manufacturing leader friends who listen to the show, please share your feedback with us. We love it. You can text us. You can email us at nick at makingchips.com, jim at makingchips.com. Send us an asynchronous message. Yes. Jason at makingchips.com. It's not that hard if you want to get a hold of us. We do respond and we do get a lot of really good feedback. So thank you for that. Also, if you like our show, five stars, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever else you and use. And you know what? Please. Sometimes in order to solve those chip making problems, you need to have some meetings. Because if you're not having meetings, you're not making chips. And if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips Podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com. Thank you.